the young and old families, and it's just a wonderful just receiving, sharing the Lord's Supper. Um, before I start, can we put that scripture up? What I'd like to do, I'd, I mean, what I, uh, what I will say is just, I'm sure you will all know that this is such a well-known, and we've gone through everything. I'm thinking, oh, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. So it's all, it's all being said. But what I would like us to do, just praying for ourselves from the Word of God, and so that God will reveal. And if you put, like, instead of eyes, we, and use us, etc., so if we can just pray this out loud over ourselves, please. When I say three, we'll start together. Two, three. We keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know him better. We pray that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which he has called us the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Amen. Well, as I was preparing for this message, you know, this, the saying came to me that, um, I don't know if you heard of it, it says, everything will be all right at the end. If not, it's not the end yet. All right, so it's a bit like the uh, Good Friday, isn't it? It's just a, you know, the I was thinking of the disciples. You know, they expect they had great expectations. You know, they've been with Jesus for three years, and they knew he was gonna be. He was special, but on that day, Jesus was. Arrested, he was tortured, he was unjustly judged, and he ended up carrying his own cross, and he hung on that cross, and he didn't do anything wrong. And there was, and I'm thinking, there's nothing good about this. We call it Good Friday. So, but Obviously, as New Testament believers, we know that is good. But I was thinking from the point of the disciples, they must have thinking, this is it. It's all hope gone. He's dead. As far as they were concerned, it was the, it was the end. And obviously, they never heard that saying, Everything will be all right at the end. If not, it's not the end yet. So we are so privileged as New Testament believers in knowing all these truths. And it was hard for them to see that it was absolutely necessary for Jesus to die. After 2,000 years, as we said, we understand this, we know this. We knew that uh, he came to this world as a baby. He was born from a woman, and he lived like us, and he died, which was the penalty of the sin that he took on himself. Um, he simply 
became the second Adam, as the New Testament writers, uh, writers tell us. And you see, when God created Adam and Eve, it was everything was perfect. He just created them. He made them like himself. It says God created um, Adam and Eve in his own image. That means he made them like God. It is actually, if you read, it says when God created everything, he gave authority over everything that he created. It wasn't a coincidence they were created at the end. You know, God created everything for them. And he said, here you go, you are going to be like God, like me, over what I created for you. That was amazing. Yet, our first ancestors, they did the only thing that God said, do not do. And they simply, by doing that, by disobeying God, they handed that the keys of this amazing authority into Satan's hand. And then that's the moment that the, um, Satan became the, the prince of this world. See, God could have finished everything. He is powerful. He could have finished everything. He could have just, okay, I'm going to wipe everything off, start all over again. But no, God is all-powerful, but he's also he's just. He is not going to play dirty. He's not going to use his power. He's not going to bully Satan. He has a plan. He knows what to do. And so, but do you remember when Adam and Eve sinned, what did they first notice? Anyone remembers? What's that? Yes, they saw themselves, they were naked. And what they did? They gathered fig leaves to cover their nakedness. You know what? I wonder how many times we use our fig leaves to cover ourselves. And in fact, the world is full of fig leaf wearers. Everyone is trying to cover up their nakedness, their shame. The religions are a great example. You know, everyone has a different way of covering themselves. But when God came into the scene, he came down and he said, how did you know that you were naked? And he did something which, which set a precedent for the rest of the Bible. You see from the um, Genesis all the way through uh, Revelation, he dressed them up in an animal skin. What does that mean? He shed the blood of an innocent that animal didn't deserve to die. But God showed them from that moment onwards, the blood is going to make a difference. See, Jesus' followers, they were familiar with temple sacrifices, but they didn't understand this. They didn't see this connection. And they, thought, they knew the sacrifices were covering sin. But they didn't realize Jesus was the Son of God who took away the sins of the world as 
in the words of John the Baptist in John uh, 1.29. You can read that. Do you see the difference? Sacrifices, they only... I'll take my phone. Okay, let's say this is sin. Okay? Sacrifices, they cover sin. All right? It's, a, it's sin there. It covers. It only lasts for a while and then it's uncovered. It comes. But when Jesus comes, who takes, the, he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he actually removes the sin completely. When he comes, there's no more covering. He's not covering something which is already there. That's what we do often. We do something we try to cover. But for Jesus, it was a different story. He took away the sin of the world. What an amazing thing that God prepared for us. And what an amazing privilege as New Testament believers that we know this. The Disciples, unfortunately, even though they heard, I mean, re listening to uh, Isaiah earlier, it was like, a, come on, guys, didn't you read the scriptures? Didn't you see the connection? But no, he couldn't. They couldn't. So, and we also, um, we said, uh, Jesus said, like, one of us. He became one of us. But he didn't, if he didn't taste death, he couldn't have been like us. He, in every way, he experienced everything, but we know what death means. Death is actually a separation, in essence. Separation, you know, when they died, they separated from God. See, Jesus never, ever experienced that. And in fact, I was just thinking now, remember when he was in the, um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was shedding blood, he was just saying, God, he was wrestling with God. You know what? He wasn't afraid of death. It wasn't the death itself, the, the, you know, whether he's going to hurt or not. You know what he was crying, he was struggling with? How am I going to experience separation from my father? Never, ever experienced that. But that's what he did for us on the cross. He become, uh, he, he was separated. That's why he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama shavaktani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, in Jesus' words also, in John 12, 24, Jesus said this, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. These words, the context of these words are very interesting. Just before Jesus answered, give these words, you know what happens? It's the, the Greeks, it says in the Bible, came to the disciples, came to Philip. And they said to Philip, we want to see Jesus. Philip, being a devout Jew, he must have been like, a, come on, what, you, you're a Jew. What do you want to do with the king of the Jew? They knew him as the, he's going to be his special, but he's a Jew. He came to save the Jews from the oppressors. And then Philip stretching his head probably, he goes to Andrew and he says, well, these guys wants to see Jesus. What are we going to do? So, well, eventually they decide, they decide they're just going to tell Jesus, well, these Greeks are over there. They, they want to see you. And these are the words that Jesus says, unless a grain uh, of wheat dies and it will not produce. See, see, disciples didn't understand that Jesus was to be the savior of the world. But Jesus knew that. And you know what? 
look at look around you. We are the proof. We are the fruit of that death, it, because Jesus said, um, unless. Um, the wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Here we are, much grain we are here, and there's a lot more grain outside to be harvested in the name of Jesus because he died for everyone. But disciples did not see that. Disciples did not understand. And later on, after his uh, resurrection and ascension, he sent his Holy Spirit. And in the, under the inspiration of, your, of the Holy Spirit, the um, disciples uh, started writing the New Testament scriptures. And one of them is Paul in Galatians 20, to, uh, Galatians 2.20. That's why he says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. What an awesome Good Friday message from Paul. <laughs> We're being crucified with Christ. You know, it's Jesus wasn't there on his own. We were the, I was there. You were there. We were there with him on the cross. Even though we said Jesus left his father, he was separated from his father on the cross. The moment that he was on the cross, he was united with us. He became like one of us totally because he tasted death. Separation from his father. What a sacrifice that Jesus did for us. But, see, Jesus didn't just happen to be killed. He wasn't killed. He chose to die. So if we are, if Jesus came to become like us, he did that so that we become like him. That means we must choose to die on the cross with him. And then this is obviously how to do that. That is a, a subject of about, you know, hundreds of sermons. I won't be able to go in that, but I trust that the Holy Spirit will be able to just uh, minister to you because you won't be able to do it on your own. It is impossible. We can't do what God is asking us to do. We must rely on God's power. He is so generous. He is so loving. He's so gracious. He will provide whatever needs to be done. So that's why he gave his Holy Spirit to us. So now, in a way now, it makes sense, make more sense why we call this day Good Friday. But to be honest, it's some people argue it wasn't even Friday, it was probably Thursday, whatever, which actually make more sense to me. Thursday, probably the day that he was crucified. But anyway, that's another um, sermon subject. And, um, but you know what? Why not to have good Monday, good Tuesday, good Wednesday, good Thursday, good Saturday, good Sunday, where we experience that I have been crucified with Christ and no longer I live, but the Christ lives in me. Amen. Remember, folks, 
Friday comes before Sunday. So if you want to have the joy of the Lord, joy of the resurrection, you must go through the cross and experience what he'd gone through with us. Amen. Amen.